In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 19th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. The Falcons prevailed over the New York Jets in the rain. They wanted to go outside in the rain, and they did a great job in the second half pulling out the victory, 25-20. to 20. Here in this episode, we're going to look at Five uh, items here. One, the big plays in the offense that got everything going. The run defense, how they shut down the Jets' rushing attack. We'll look around the NFC South. We'll talk about the health moving forward of running back Devontae Freeman, who didn't finish the game. They were looking at his shoulder and neck and what that might mean as the Falcons are getting ready to move into NFC South play here. And then on Tuesday, we got the trading deadline coming coming up. The Falcons, unlike um, their mentor, uh, you know, haven't done a lot at the trading deadline, but we'll talk about that here and uh, get ready for this week's game. And the big game against the Jets here was very important for the Falcons to come away with the victory. They had had a uh, tough time against the AFC East teams, losing to Miami, Buffalo, and New England. And they were trailing at halftime to the Jets, 17-13. to A couple of the things the uh, Falcons had hoped to do was get better in the red zone. And on third down, they didn't do either. Um, two of six in the red zone. Five of uh, 13, I believe it was, on, uh, on third downs for 36%. But, you know, the Falcons weren't able to sustain any drive, so they went to the next best Best thing, they went to some big plays. They got a 53-yard pass from Matt Ryan to Julio Jones. And we've talked at length about the ability to throw the ball down the field and how the timing wasn't there. But in the rain, they were able to hit a big one to jumpstart the offense in the third quarter. Led to a field goal and uh, led to the Falcons pulling to within one point. The defense went back on the field, got another stop. The Jets missed a 48-yard field goal, and then the offense came right back, and then boom, Tevin Coleman's on the loose for 52 yards and setting up a, a touchdown. They uh, Three plays later, Mohamed Sanu came up with a spectacular catch on an eight-yard throw, bullet strike from Matt Ryan to give the Falcons a lead they would never relinquish. The Falcons amassed 386 yards to the Jets' 279 I guess on the bright side of things, while they didn't get their numbers up in the two key areas they wanted, you know, third downs and uh, red zone, they did score on 6 of 13 possessions. Now that's, um, you know, two touchdowns and four field goals by Matt Bryant. So they convert those field goals into touchdowns, then you have a route here. 
One of them was really uh, close to being a touchdown. Austin Hooper dropped a uh, a pass in the rain. It was raining all day. Very sloppy game, uh, field condition-wise. Uh, I know Jeff Saturday, one of the NFL Network analysts, said he was surprised they scored as many points as they did in these conditions. Matt Ryan also talked about how tough the conditions were. Uh, they asked him, "Was hey, are you happy to get out of the Northeast? You know, the had the fog in New England last week, and then the rain here in New Jersey against the Jets. So he uh, he said, well, hey, sometimes you know it's it's messy in Carolina. We'll just have to see how it goes next week. But the big play certainly jump started the offense. The bomb to Julio Coleman's run, a uh, big part of the 386 yards. But on a bright spot, if you can say." <clears throat> You know, one that the offense is starting to, to come together or at least get closer. They did score on half of their possessions. Two touchdowns and four field goals. They turn a couple of those field goals into touchdowns, and then, you know, they're performing back or at near their scoring pace for last year. So we'll see if this is a team that's going to put together 15 or 12 play drives or if they're going to be a quick strike, big play crew here. Uh, going into Carolina with a 4-3 and three record. <clears throat> we talked at length about the run defense, which had given up 100 yards in the last three games to each team. You know, Buffalo had LaShawn McCoy and Tyrod Taylor. Miami had Jay Ajay do it. And the uh, New England Patriots went with a committee. So they knew coming into this game that uh, the Jets were going to have to try to run the ball. And the Falcons shut them down. They shut them down. They held them to 43 yards on 22 carries. And it was clear that the um, defensive coaches put the onus on the defensive tackles to collapse the middle of that Jets line and hold their running backs in check. And Grady Jarrett had a big game. He was a big part of that. Don Terry Poe had a big game. He had uh, some tackles for loss and uh, played well in the pass rush, too, but those two guys spearheaded the effort in stopping the Jets' rushing attack. The Falcons also got some help from uh, their new guy, Atabe Rubin. He also had a couple tackles there, slowing down the run through the middle of the run defense. And so the defenders were excited after the game because, you know, they played a big role in getting the offense back the ball when they were not hitting. Uh, you know, they had uh, two, three and outs. They held them to the field goal, and then they got the ball back, and then, boom, they were able to hit the big plays uh, to Julio and to Tevin Coleman. So Ricardo Allen gave the uh, defensive line a lot of praise, and the guys were holding their gaps and making plays in their gaps. And uh, that's what they've been talking about doing for a while. So, uh, you know, if you can stop the run, everything else kind of opens up. Then you can get after the passer a little bit. And they did that, too. You had three sacks against Josh McCown. Uh, You know, Grady split one. He split a sack there. Uh, You know, they had three sacks and seven quarterback hits. Brady split his sack with Poe. Uh, Tack McKinley had a sack. And then Beasley ran the quarterback into Desmond Trufant for his sack. Beasley looked close to himself. He had four pressures in the game, too. So once you stop the run, then that defense can get after the quarterback, and that's what they want to do. And they were able to do it against the Jets up in East Rutherford. Now we want to look at the um, 
third issue, the NFC South. It's kind of upside down from what we thought it would be at the beginning of the season. Everybody talked about how Tampa Bay was a prime to strike and how the Falcons should be able to defend. But they're the two bottom teams right now, Tampa Bay at 2-5, and five, the Falcons at 4-3. and three. The Saints are atop at 5-2, and two, and Carolina's played eight games. They're 5-8. and eight. Uh, You know, Carolina had a, a big win over Tampa Bay, 17-3. And the Saints won at Chicago 20-12 to for their fifth straight win. So the NFC South is going to be a battle now. Uh, the Falcons will play six of their uh, last nine games in the division. The um, non-division opponents are Dallas, Minnesota uh, at home, and Seattle on the road. So uh, if you can – you do the math, split the division, you take those three, you're looking at six and ten. Uh, if you could win those non-division games and split in the division. Now, you need to sweep somebody probably to go 11-5, and five, and, uh, you know, that would pretty much be running the table and losing one game here. But, you know, they haven't played like that yet, but, you know, maybe there were some signs in this game against the Jets that they can gel and make a big, deep run here late in the season or in the second half of the season. Carolina won, won uh, on a um, kind of pulled away with a Cam Newton to Kelvin Benjamin pass in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, and I'm sure that was a tough game there, 17 to three. So the Falcons will head up there, and then the the Saints will um, host Tampa Bay next week. So we'll start learning out just how good these teams are in the NFC South. Another uh, issue coming out of this game was uh, running back Devontae Freeman. Tevin Coleman ended up finishing the game. They were looking at Freeman on the sideline at his right shoulder and neck area. Uh, No injury was announced, and when we asked about it to team officials, they said, oh, everybody's fine and uh, nothing to announce injury-wise after the game. There's also some concern about Tack McKinley. Uh, so Coach Quinn has gotten into the habit of trying not to release his injury reports until Wednesday. And, uh, you know, we just have to um, wait and see if he'll uh, uh, let us know anything about Freeman or Tack uh, at his press conference on Monday at 2. But we want to keep an eye on that because we're getting into the division play and you're going to have to run the ball. So Coleman did good, but they certainly – like to have both of their guys uh, for this stretch run. But Teron Ward is there and is healthy, uh, you know, and he's steady. Not, he's, you know, there's some drop-off if you have to go to him. But, uh, you know, a lot of teams uh, will be going to some backup players here down the stretch. And if they have to go to him for a little while until if Free gets all the way uh, right, uh, they can do that. One of the things for Freeman, uh, his blocking was horrible. The offensive line has got to do a better job. Uh, We don't see the backs just getting free up the field for six yards or seven yards like they were last year on these outside zone runs. Uh, There's a stat from Pro Football Focus that Freeman got 75% of his yards yesterday against the Jets after contact. So he was seeing people in the hole and had to do what he can. I knew one play he ran about – 
through four guys just to get a couple yards and uh, so forth. So he's going to do what he has to to get the yards. But, uh, you know, if they're going to get clicking here, they need to get the blocking a little bit better and uh, get it, um, you know, uh, on point. So Freeman, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, he's getting a lot of yards after contact. The blocking needs to improve. And just keep on the back burner that Teron Ward's ready to go if they need him, or maybe they need to start sprinkling him in a little bit more. Lastly here, before we wrap up from New Jersey, get on back down to Atlanta for Coach Quinn's 2 o'clock press conference. Uh, The trading deadline's on Tuesday, and uh, there's some rumblings out there about a couple players that might be available. Dwayne Brown from Houston, he'd certainly help. Uh, the Falcons blocking, uh, you know, he's falling out of favor there, had a holdout there, and uh, tough situation for, for Dwayne Brown down in Houston. Eric Ebron supposedly available, but I don't know. He drops way too many passes. I couldn't imagine uh, the Falcons would want to take a risk on him. Pete Carroll, there's mixed reports on Jimmy Graham being available out in Seattle. Uh, Pete Carroll denied that report to uh, Mike Silver of NFL Network, you know, the league's owned uh, network covering the league's own team. So, you know, uh, he's denied that report. But uh, we'll we'll see as the uh, deadline approaches. Uh, the Falcons have been kind of um, uh, dormant during the trading deadlines. But, you know, New England is the one team that's been making trades at the deadline. You know, they got rid of Jamie Collins last year, picked up Kyle Varnoy. Uh, they've picked up uh, a lot of players over the last few years at the trade deadline just because uh, Bilicek, Coach Bill Bilicek sees that that player can fit a need and help out in a uh, situation. Also, we'll um, start to kind of ask questions about what are they going to do with Jalen Collins, the Falcons' cornerback, uh, uh, former second-round pick who has been suspended for 10 games. Uh, this is, uh, you know, uh, seven games, uh, bye week, eight games. So, you know, we got a couple more uh, a couple more weeks here before he'll be eligible, but they have to be getting ready to make a decision uh, to bring him back uh, and whatnot. The um, top three corners of uh, Desmond Trufant and uh, Robert Offer got beat on deep balls today. Brian Poole got injured. Uh, C.J. Goodwin's the number four, but we haven't seen him playing a lot. Uh, Blindy Ray Wilson's been inactive a lot. Uh, so, you know, we'll see if uh, how much regard uh, the Falcons still hold Jalen Collins in and if he can come back and help him for what's going to be a playoff push here to uh, return to the playoffs and see if they can be one of those teams that get hot in the second half of the season and make a playoff push. So, you know, today this is a big win. Uh, last night, I'm sorry, up in um, East Rutherford, New Jersey, sloppy conditions. The ball handling was shaky at times. Uh, but got to have give some kudos to the specialists too, Josh Harris, Matt Bosher, and Matt Bryant. Their handling of the ball was flawless. We saw Matt Ryan drop it four times, losing uh, losing it twice. So. Uh, you know, Josh Harris and Matt Bosher and Matt Bryan did a great job in the rain. They said they had been preparing for it all week. 
they knew on Monday that the forecast was calling for rain, and they prepared for it. So before we close out here, we'll close out with the, some more uh, do you want to go outside in the rain? But the Falcons, with a big victory, 25-20 to 20 over the New York Jets to stop their three-game losing streak and put some promise back into this season after a 3-0 and start. Then they dropped three. Hold off the Jets in a gutsy win in the rain. Wasn't an artistic gym, but they got a W. Uh, they'll continue to work on their third down and red zone, and we'll see how it goes as they start play in the NFC South. So just to wrap up the big plays, the run defense, NFC South play is about to start. Running back situation with Devontae Freeman and the trading deadline. Will the Falcons be buyers or sellers or going to sit this one on the sidelines? This is D. Orlando Ledbetter from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution closing out here the 19th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for downloading and subscribing. Take care and have a great week. AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.